Welcome to Ready for Mistakes, a contemporary photography podcast where I talk with photographers and other lens-based artists about their work and philosophy and their views on photography within the world of visual art and beyond. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to a new episode of Ready for Mistakes. It's been a little while since I've actually interviewed someone for really anything. Uh, The last episode was with my friend Danny DeRusso, who's a photographer up in New York area and uh, before COVID was very much a music photographer, but has been spending a lot more time with his personal work outside of that. So if you're interested in listening to that conversation, definitely go back and give it a listen. It's a really fun conversation with a really great guy. This episode is with my friend Tristan Martinez, who's a photographer who just recently graduated from the School of the Art Institute of Chicago. He's originally from L.A. and moved to Chicago for school for getting his degree, his Bachelor of Fine Art in Photography. Uh, He's been up there for a little while and he's been really enjoying it and making the most out of the very different climate and landscape that Chicago has compared to that of L.A., so... In this episode, we talk a lot about uh, the educational side of things, the academic side of photography, um, what it's like getting a degree in photography, as well as thoughts on who it's best for and everything like that. And of course, we talk a lot about his work and his thoughts that go into how he makes his art. One last housekeeping thing before we jump into the interview with Tristan. Him and I put together a zine showing some work that he's made in both Chicagoland and L.A., Uh, Kind of comparing the two from that standpoint as a brief survey on the work that he does these days. Uh, It's priced at about just over $16. Uh, It'll help support the podcast and it'll also help support Tristan at the same time. Uh, I designed the piece, I curated it and all that jazz, but he had just as much of a hand in it as I did. It was a really fun piece to put together and it's the official first artist issue for Sadbird Books. So this is an introduction to combining or rather uh, bridging Sad Bird and Ready for Mistakes together. And you can expect print pieces to go with as many episodes as I can get them to work with. I can't promise it for every episode, but this is the first time I'm doing it, and I'm pretty happy with the piece. I've got it in my hand. It's a nice, really good feeling zine, and it's pretty fun, and printed really nicely. I'm really happy with how it came out. Pick up a copy. The link will be on our social media, both his, mine, and the Sad Bird, and... The ready for mistakes, and it's going to be pretty hard to miss it. So definitely go pick up a copy if you want to support him and the podcast. So without much else, let's jump on into the interview with Tristan Martinez. All right, everybody, I want you to say hello to Tristan Martinez. He's a photographer up in Chicagoland, as you just heard in the introduction. Um, yeah. Tristan, say hello to the people. Hello, everyone. Uh, thanks for having me on, Jeff. Big appreciation. Yeah, so I found, uh, Tristan a while ago, actually a little, I think a little over a year ago at this point. Yeah, Um, sounds about right. Uh, he submitted to, uh, my first zine, which was, uh, nothing is interesting and everything is normal. It was a curated zine, my first dipping my toes into curating a project like that and came out pretty cool. There's a boatload of photographers in there. 
uh, found a lot of uh, new friends and new photographers to admire in there through that project. It was a really fun process. But yeah, Tristan, tell me a little bit about yourself, just to kind of just general bio, tell the people who you are. Uh, General bio. Uh, Yeah, so from Los Angeles, uh, I moved out to Chicago in 2018 to study um, at school at Art Institute of Chicago. Um, Yeah, just photographing a ton, making a ton of work. Uh, primarily stick to f- photography, um, but I dabble in screen printing, bookmaking, all that good stuff. Um, yeah, really got into photography just through skateboarding and being out uh, with friends, my brothers, um, and just being surrounded by like counterculture and like seeing that it needed to be documented at a coming of age time. So yeah, I think that's that's me. <laughs> yeah, my. Uh... When you mentioned the skateboarding thing, I, I knew that you and your uh, your old roommate are uh, skateboarders and all that. So, um, and it's kind of fun because when I was a skater back in the day, I still have my old boards and such. Uh, I was ultimately the film filming guy. Filming dude, there you go. So uh, at the time, I had this uh, nice little Canon point and shoot bridge camera that was solid, right? Um, I was filming with that thing and my phone for a lot, but that kind of was a one of the early things for me looking more at photography too but i miss skateboarding every day Dude, so yeah. much especially being out here where it's snowing it's it's tough oh god yeah and being like chicago is such a good skating city even though like the cops are assholes so yeah. it's like I, I skated in chicago once i put a little excerpt in a video like uh three minutes of me failing at skating <laughs> it was kind of great sick but yeah um so since you uh came here from la like what what was like the shift like coming from such, you know, going from one metro area to another metro area, but it's such a dramatic change state-wise? Yeah, I didn't really, initially wasn't expecting there to be much of a change aside from like the obvious like weather and whatnot. But um, just like the pace of the Midwest is a little bit slower. Um, so like jumping in, taking the, taking like the CTA trains, all that stuff. Um, kind of getting used to traveling not by car everywhere um, and then kind of just being patient with people um, but yeah aside from that it wasn't really too much of an adjustment period just city to city um, everything here is a lot more condensed uh, compared to Los Angeles uh, since you've been uh, studying or you were studying at SAIC um, com- I guess com- kind of another question related to the change in things is uh, the Art culture at Chicago, I've always loved the culture of art in Chicago. Like, the, all, almost all of my art friends in Illinois are up in Chicago, whatever media they do. Uh, what's your kind of take on what the culture of art is up there? Dude, it's amazing. Everybody, like, there's a strong community of artists, and not just because um, I know people because of going to art school, because uh, of going to SAIC. Um, you just get in conversations walking down the street, like, oh, like, they see me shooting a photo like oh what do you do like blah, blah whatever like oh i do this xyz um yeah super great super inclusive super diverse um and then comparing that to la um it's a little bit harder to get into the scene i'd say in los angeles um a little bit more reserved closed in like who you know situation but out here it's it's great it's awesome yeah that's one thing that has kind of scared me away from from the idea of being an artist in LA is like, it just sounds so much more competitive out there. 
and like and even like i feel like new york is more friendly than la for artists i think it's like thinking about it as far as chicago like chicago is a major city but it's a small major city it's like full starter city so it's easy to kind of like get on your feet hit the ground running and then like yeah. jump jump ship go elsewhere and like spread your wings you know yeah uh, a couple of my uh closest friends uh basically did exactly that like uh my best friend uh bella batko um she she did basically that she um her and i went to isu got our our degrees in photography and then she basically just moved straight into the city and like she just did that whole thing just like hit the ground running and has been doing pretty well even with all the covid shit going on and i know chicago is like a great city for that yeah totally uh with um with your experience at saic um kind of i think this is kind of more of a question directed toward anyone that might be looking at uh going to art school regardless of what school it is like what was your experience like as a whole and if you have any specific examples by all means um dude honestly super great i was really fortunate to go to saic um i transferred in from a community college that wasn't art dedicated or anything like that was kind of messing around out of high school trying to figure out what i was going to do um and then my professor david yamamoto who is my photo instructor um, at Glendale Community College was like, yo, you should really start looking at art schools. You have talent. Um, was gassing me up a ton. Um, and then... We always want that. Yeah, super, super nice when someone sees your potential. Um, and yeah, my experience at SAIC was amazing. You're just like fully engulfed in art. People that are thinking about art, people that are thinking critically and just are open to anything um really good like fostering environment i'd say um if you have the means like would recommend but definitely don't strain yourself if it's not in the cards you know yeah because <laughs> i mean any any college is expensive any art school is expensive so exactly yeah one thing that um i, I since i've been working on um applying to grad schools i actually submitted my grad school applications last week um, I was, I've been talking with my old professors about kind of what to expect if I get into a school. He was saying that in his experience, you know, a lot of times undergraduates at like a state school or even some private schools like Columbia, mm-hmm. uh, will treat, treat their undergrad, like their first two years, almost like an extension of high school. But if you're going into a master's or if you're going into a school like SAIC, um, you know, you're going to a school with a bunch of like-minded people, like people that are there for the purpose of becoming a better artist. Exactly. Do you think that it's a good idea for a lot of artists to go to art school if they're considering it? Or do you like, who do you think it's bo- most fit for? Uh, that's a tough question. Um, school's not for everyone. Like, I think that's like yeah. first and foremost. And like, you got to question that within yourself. But, um, and there's definitely like tons of modes on becoming an artist without getting a degree in from an art program. Um, but I think it's for someone that maybe needs a little bit more structuring, maybe needs like a little bit more like technical skill, um, anything on that aspect or, um, anyone that just kind of wants to, wants to build a stronger art community like around them. Um, yeah, yeah. I think those are like some of the huge things foreign art school and like an art specific program um yeah 
I think that yeah. that answered your question. I hope. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. One one thing um, that was kind of interesting about my my experience at ISU was, uh, you know, like uh, ISU's art program is very similarly structured to SAIC. Um, so being in a photography class, being in a photography major, you know, it's focusing on fine art photography. You know, we're looking at Alex Soth. We're looking at Cindy Sherman. We're looking at all those the big, head honchos. Like, we're not yeah. looking at, you know, Peter McKinnon. We're not looking at those, you know, the per, like top tier professionals, uh, the Northrups and such. So um, there was a point where my old roommate and I had to talk with our old professor basically saying uh, that we want to have more professional guidance, more like more uh, focus on a lot of the, I guess you could say not art things. Mm-hmm. Um, not even like, not even asking about like uh, exhibition stuff or anything like that. So what my uh, professor essentially said was you're in a fine art program. This is not a technical <laughs> program. Yeah. If you want to do that, you have to be in a different kind of program. This is a program for making or learning how to make fine art photography. Yeah. And like photo one intro classes are basically like either a brush up on tech stuff or, you know, your first time taking any kind of formal photo class for some people. Yeah. And that was uh, that was something that I quickly learned. And it he that my old roommate kind of took a little bit of time for him to realize that. But I think that's something that a lot of people might not realize is that you go to photography school, you go to art school for art, not to learn how to do all the technical stuff necessarily. Exactly. It's your conceptualizing. That's what it comes down to. Now, uh, you did mention that you were uh, you know, at before community college, you're kind of messing around with all the like art kind of things um, during community college and before. Do you, What kind of um, photography experience prior to uh going to SAIC do you have um prior to going to SAIC I was working on um I was shooting strictly film um I had a hand-me-down from um my father just a Canon A1 um like I mean great starter camera oh exactly Um, and then yeah just being out shooting all the time mostly just like Stephen Shore situation or like Robert Franklin we always find you know um so that was that was mostly my experience, like tons of darkroom stuff. I was super into only making black and white images, um, nice. and then that just kind of developed over time. Yeah, I think it's always a kind of a blessing in disguise when you have access to that kind of, especially analog photography. Yeah. Prior to college, because I I didn't realize until until college that not everyone's high school has like any kind of photography classes, and I like I had two. I had a digital and a film one. And that's kind of what got me started uh, in like really diving in deep. And I, I just had this assumption like, well, I guess if I have it, everybody like else does. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. So far from the truth. And like a lot of times it's like big, big schools in the, in the city and such. Like a lot of my friends came from Chicagoland and it's like, yeah, we didn't have photography classes. And I'm like, why? Yeah. You went to a school of 5,000 people. Like, how do you <laughs> not have the funding for that? Out. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. But yeah, with um with all the different education experience you've had in photography, are there any like even specific instructors, whether it be a professor, graduate teacher, whatever, that like really like hit you hard, like really had a strong impact on you? Yeah, I'd say like I mean initially like from community college, David Yamamoto, like 
really pushed me forward. But then, like, coming through to uh, SAIC, uh, my first semester, I had a class with Dewey El Petros. I'm not sure if you're familiar with his work. The name is familiar. I can say um, that much. Amazing person. Uh, best instructor to, stru- instructor to have, like, out of the gate, really, like, made me realize um, some things about, like, my identity and, like, being a person of color and, like, a mixed person of color and all that stuff. Um, he, like, helped me a ton um, and still continues to help me a ton. Like, I do some art assisting for him now. Um, and then Marjana Abrahamic, she's a Yale grad, uh, SAC professor, just, like, believed in me super heavy, awesome person. And uh, Kate Conlon, um, she doesn't do... She's not, like, photo-specific by any means. Does a lot of, like, print media work and... Um, yeah, she, like, brought me on as an intern for her publication uh, house and, like, biggest mentor in Chicago. So, yeah. I, like, go over to their house for dinner all the time. <laughs> nice. Yeah, oh, man. Having uh, having good good instructors that really have a lasting impact. Like, my the three professors I had in college were were amazing. I think that there's a lot of misconceptions about going to art school and we kind of talked touched on a little bit but do you think there's any like really noteworthy misconceptions about going to art school as an undergraduate um i don't know like what do you mean yeah um i think for me it's uh i didn't realize how supportive the my school is going to be um especially at like a a smaller state school Mm -hmm. i expected it to be like competitive as hell like always trying to one-up each other and like as a as an 18 year old out of high school that's what i expected i mean i feel like you get those misconceptions are there like that super eccentric person that's super like tight-knit group or like um they not wanting to like kind of share the wealth of knowledge situation like that's that's an anywhere that's any situation you go into um but yeah i'd say like one misconception is like you see a big name like big ticket artist on like the education roster like they're a good artist that doesn't always necessarily mean that they're like a great instructor a great professor great mentor exactly um yeah i don't know that's i think that's a good good thing to kind of touch on like don't always expect like that person to be that person (laughs) yeah exactly um like I know he's a great instructor, but like a, a, a good example would be like Gregory Crutzen over at Yale. Like he's he's an intense instructor, but he's great. He's also- I've like from everyone like so Marjana, uh, who I mentioned earlier, like she went to Yale, loves Gregory like to death. Like she uh, or he put her on like helping um, with art assisting, all that. And, like will do anything for his students. Um, but yeah. like that's that's not always the case. So Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> As uh, when I was looking through all the grad schools I was applying to, that's one thing that I'm gonna find out if if any of them interview me to like move forward in the process. Like Arizona State has Mark Klett, mm-hmm. and like I I've known Mark Klett's work since I was a sophomore in college, and I'm like I was looking at his work and really really inspired me early on and i see that he teaches at one of the schools i'm looking at i'm like oh damn <laughs> like i like, hope to god fan, he's a good fan teacher. out a little bit <laughs> just a little bit and that's something that i was um another uh person that i published in the in the sad bird stuff is epiphany nedler uh she just graduated from a east carolina state university okay. um with her mfa uh and she i was asking her about you know 
going to a school because you're a fan of one of the one of the instructors i i, I worry i was i was worried like you know i don't want to have the institution think that they're gonna be letting a fan in yeah and it's like um but i think this this kind of next question i have is kind of somewhat already answered but i think it's kind of worth kind of talking about is uh needing a degree in art to succeed like i think we both know the answer to that is pretty much it's it's a no but yeah i think with anything there's advantages and it's like how hard you want to work um in one lane or the other lane like yeah. with a degree you're kind of you're paying for the club more or less um and yeah. that benefits you to certain opportunities not doing it you have more free time you can chase those opportunities in a different way um and yeah i mean like you're applying for your mfa i'm taking a year off and like i want to do my mfa after um yeah. and i don't know every person like every mentor i've had that i spoke to about the mfa um pursue it's like yeah like if you want to be taken seriously like for collectors and things like you need an mfa which is like kind of mind-boggling yeah that you need to pay like all that to be taken seriously it's like yo i make great images pay attention (laughs) yeah yeah it it is kind of weird like in the especially in the photo community like the photo art and i don't want to say industry that makes it sound too producty yeah um but like uh since i graduated in 2019 like i have like roughly a roughly two years between if i end up getting into a program at um uh for this fall but like thinking about how like I, I want to go into teaching but like i have to think like teaching isn't the only thing i can do with an mfa exactly, so like yeah having those extra th- three letters helps in a lot of other ways but yeah. you, know, you don't even have to have a uh an undergraduate degree in any kind of art to get into an mfa program yeah no like do we like my professor he he had um yeah he didn't have a art undergraduate education like got an mfa and he's like a genius dude so it's like sometimes they look for that and how it can be applied to art and how it makes like their program stronger because like at the end of the day like for example yale the whole first year undergrads look at the applicants too and they're saying like oh cool like these people mesh like these people like produce what we want essentially there's i've seen on social media a lot there's a lot of negative rhetoric toward art school and as someone who graduated from a fine art program, I'm always a little bit hurt by that <laughs> <laughs> because it's just like, damn, like it's unfortunate to think that there's a lot of people that had bad experiences in art programs that like ruin their taste and just think that it's a bad idea for everyone. Yeah, it's it's something that I know like it will it'll vary from from school to school and just kind of trying to figure out how it fits like there's people that are at isu that i can tell like they just they feel like they're not in the right program and it it's it sucks to see that because i love that program but i mean it's full just like lived experience and like how that meshes with everything else you know like that's really what it comes down to yeah but um i think this kind of goes back to this is starting to get more into like how how you work and like your your work more specifically um uh do you think that where you live has impacted how you work, you know, especially with that big cross country move from LA to Chicago. Do you think it's impacted how you work? Um, yeah, definitely. Um, it made, I mean, 
Los Angeles to Chicago, it's a different visual landscape with anything. Like, I have to see things differently. You have to figure out how to make images differently. Like, it's not golden and beautiful all the time here. Got to yeah. figure out how to make things and, and grand gloomy. Um, but I think, aside from, like, aesthetically, it makes you think more about the images you're making. And then also going into a familiar situation so like me going back to LA makes me take all those tools of like having to figure out how to shoot here and how to make it work out there too so yes it does affect yeah. me <laughs> yeah yeah that's one thing uh, all the times I go up to Chicago like it's a blessing when there's sun out Dude. it's almost like the UK yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like oh my god uh, the, the couple times I tried to do sunrise shoots with my friends because Chicago's a sunrise city. That's Dude, just fully like, all it is. Fully, uh, like there were there were a couple lucky times where like we had some sun creeping in, then it kind of goes behind some clouds for like an hour, and then once it gets to like nine o'clock in the morning, it's just blaring hot. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, like the weather changes up here like that just because we're on like the lake it's like if yeah. you're ever in san francisco the wind's blowing all the time the clouds are always rolling it's like the same situation just not yeah. as cold yeah that's one thing i i want to go down to la at some point and see you know what i can do down there with my work because i'm very much in that like small town photography kind of road trippy kind of thing and like la is just this monstrous area with lord knows how many different variations and like neighborhoods and landscape and all like you actually have mountains down there Dude, there's a ton low there's, mountain there's a lot <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's kind of fun thinking about like how dramatically different from like not only just the midwest but like specifically illinois and chicago la can like and that whole western area can be so one one series that i that kind of was one of the series. I think you were either still working on it or um, finished it around the time that you submitted to the zine uh, is your series heads. Yeah. Which is pretty fun. Tell me, tell me a little bit about uh, how that all came together and like what, how it started and all that jazz. Um, so I just come off of, I just come off of making I used to be pretty, um, which was like my first project totally dedicated to like the neighborhoods in LA. Um, moved out here to Chicago was making a ton of stuff, didn't really have like a dedicated body of work though, and then was just kind of having fun, messing around, uh, making jokes with friends and like kind of doing huge like 40 by 50 prints next to like tiny like two by three prints. Nice. Um, and trying to like juxtapose things, make fun of things, and just have fun with photography. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, so I think it really just came from that and then seeing on my like Lightroom, like all the images of the back people's heads that I had. And then I just started becoming a thing like, oh, like I'm gonna go out, um, like I'll ask people or like I'll just shoot off the cuff, um, like make photographs of people's heads and like objects and how to relate one to the other. Um, so yeah, that's just kind of how that started and how it came about. Yeah, and it's like scrolling through what you have on your website. Um, and like, I just love, I that oh, I just accidentally hit back oh boy oh boy <laughs> oh man technical difficulties on my end uh like the the first and second photo the one of the old the old dude with the fedora and then the umbrella yeah 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 See, yeah dude that was like that was such a fun day like i was out shooting with my buddy uh jem hale who moved out to uh i think he's out in georgia right now um was out shooting with him down in chicago saw that like elderly man crossing the street 
And I was like, this is this needs to happen. Like this is uh, like this dude looks like he's out of a scene of a movie. Yeah. And then I was driving to work. No, I was taking the train to work one day. And then I was looking at all of the umbrellas down below, and I was like, oh, that looks like that dude's top hat. And it just, like, nice. started, and it made sense, and then, yeah. Yeah. I, I really love, like, this this pairing here um, is is really fun because, like, the form kind of matches, but then, like, the colors kind of match with, like, the, the wall in the background matches the beige of his, uh, of his overcoat. And it's just really cool because it's... Um, <clears throat> I think a lot of times people will think of like pairing and it's like focused solely on color palette and, mm-hmm. or maybe subject and that's all good and dandy, but then there's some more subtle things like that. And I really, really enjoy that. And I kind of see that same kind of pattern going through a lot of the flow of what you have here. Um, are these aren't all of the photos in that series or are they all of them that you have on the uh, website? On the website, I think there's only like eight or so. Um, no, I have, I have a ton. I just so I just released uh, the Heads book. Um, and it's sixty pages full of like juxtapositions and kind of like that back and forth narrative of looking back and double taking and all that good stuff. So yeah, yeah. I like that that idea of uh like double taking. Uh, I like that a lot. That's something that I think that is is kind of hard to portray in in photography, and I think it's done really well here. Because, uh, I mean, I catch myself doing that a lot, like, while I'm driving around or whatever. Um, but, like, making images that kind of have that that feeling of, like, wait, hold on a second. Yeah, that, like, urgency to, like, wait, did I see that correctly? Or, like, does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. And they're, like, almost abstract, too. Just, like, the way that they're presented is really interesting. Um, and I think that uh, a lot of these, if not all of them, use flash pretty strongly. Yeah, yeah. A lot of them do. Um it just flash makes things flat flash makes things poppy it like it works <laughs> it enhances yeah. things so I'm a, I'm a fan of flash yeah I, i've noticed that with a lot of your work um and like getting uh photos with flash and photos without flash to mesh together in a series and a body of work i think it's relatively challenging especially for us young folk <laughs> and still learning how to do things uh but uh i guess i had a I guess it's an observation and a question um, kind of going back to like trying to work with the Chicago light versus LA light. Uh, do you think that maybe part of what draw, drew you more toward flash and especially your recent work is maybe trying to bring back that LA vibrancy in this very drab Chicago setting? Probably dude. I'm probably definitely compensating. <laughs> I don't know if I would call it compensating. Um, yeah, maybe, maybe that, could be an answer i haven't actually thought of it uh in that context um i really just started using flash from looking at chris maggio's work like the way he uses flash is incredible and i think flash enhances images and like has the opportunity to make things just stand out more like i mean now going back home like i'll use flash on anything too yeah so just it just kind of makes sense I guess uh, this is kind of more of like a uh, gear related question, which I try to stray away from a little bit. But sometimes, you know, as someone who I know very little about artificial lighting to any extent, like the flash I have for my digital camera is just the, the default, like little little pop up. You, you have the Fuji, right? The yeah. X-T3 or? Yeah, the X-T3. Cool. I, I currently have a... don't have a lens for it. Oh, rip. <laughs> yeah, I'm selling. I'm, I'm upgrading. Uh, I started... Let's see, the first digital camera I had was 
a Nikon. So like half those images are on the Nikon with like the onboard flash, and then halfway through, I bought a Fuji X-T2 with nice. a little, like the same like X30 like flash. The, I think it is. I've got it hiding somewhere. I think mine's like right here too. This little uh, this one little turd. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the EFX8. Yeah, um, this little turd. Yeah, so. Yeah, I bought. I just bought a, like a speedlight, and it makes life so much better. <laughs> yeah. Do you use um any modifiers on it? Cause I know there's like snoots versus diffusers and stuff like that. Um, not no no I don't. Hmm. Um, I just point it or do some in camera, um in camera work to make it yeah. how I want it to work. Yeah, that's something, because uh, I'm still learning a lot. Like, one of my coworkers at the camera shop I work at, um, he's he's a portrait photographer, sadly uses Nikon. <laughs> Any chance to make fun of Nikon, I will take it. Uh, but he's been kind of my point man for anything Flash-related. So, like, I'm looking at, like, getting a Godox set up, and a lot of the work I want to be doing is I want to still keep the whole casual like road trip feel stuff but i want to start doing more concept stuff like cool controlled lighting like low budget gregory crudson kind of stuff um but not really like crudson vibes what godox stuff are you looking into um oh man are you looking uh, into like the the portable flash kit or you're just like uh there's this like little soda can looking one um my buddy actually, has that which is amazing yeah. um i have i have like a small the small uh it's like the 3550 i think i have it right here i have yeah tt350 uh this guy's yeah yeah super good and it's like very reasonable um but my buddy yeah. has that one this like soda box when you're talking about um his stuff looks so great with that like i love it it looks like you yeah. have a beauty dish on everything oh god yeah yeah, if I ever get, like, two of those and, like, have gels on it and, like, flash, like, a vibrant blue light in the background and have, like, a, you know, like, play around with it. Like, yeah. that's something I haven't been able to do because uh, the 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 studio lights that I had at ISU, yeah, you could check them out and, like, take them out, but they were the only ones they had. So, uh -oh. like, if, if I booked a studio session with a friend for some regular in-studio white backdrop stuff... But someone else checked out the speed lights or even just one of the speed lights to use for their work. You know, I'm screwed, basically, because like we have two of these yeah. strobes and one of them's gone. And it's like, well, <laughs> shit, that's see, that's the beauty of going to a dedicated art school, because like, yeah. dude, SASC, you didn't have to worry about any of that. <laughs> <laughs> dude, oh, my God. Looking at um, I think that uh, facilities is something that is really important to consider for any anyone that's looking at any art school regardless of undergrad or graduate because when i was looking at the facilities at uh, university of texas at austin mm -hmm. oh my god <laughs> they are loaded Dude, <laughs> is, that's so sick like when it comes to just the analog side of things like of course they got a loaded dark room and everything but like when it comes to scanners they've got those snazzy Hasselblad flex tight scanners dude those are life-changing I'm oh my god I'm sad I don't have those anymore because we have we have like eight of those at SAC oh yeah but you don't find those for sale online ever because no one wants to sell it also they're like 
a brick. There's so much money. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. A couple of those schools have like they've got like the whole lineup of like full frame and crop sensor cameras, some Sony's and Nikon's and such. And they just have like seven eight by tens and sixteen four by fives and RZ six seven. It's like Dude, you're what getting, the hell? you're like fully getting what you pay for in that aspect, yeah. you know? You just gotta make yeah. use of it. So like I think that for anyone that is like seriously considering art school, just like if they say what the facilities are, definitely take a look at it. Because even if you don't think you're going to use it, there's a chance you probably will. Or, I mean, hey, you can. <laughs> exactly, yeah. I'd rather have it available and not use it than want to use it and not have it available. Exactly. I never got to use the 8x10 at my school because I found it, like, two weeks before finals. And I'm like, well, I don't have enough time. <laughs> Shit. I got to use the, the 4x5, and now I've got my own 4x5, so life is a little bit better. Sick. There we go. Uh, I kind of want to like swing back over to uh, I used to be pretty because um, you mentioned that that was kind of a, a series that you made in L.A., right? Yeah. Yeah. What's kind of the the project with that? Because this one is a, a pretty visually diverse uh, series that flows really well. Um, kind of what led to the the work into that and how it kind of formed Um, that was really like my first hand i'd say like a being a photographer like taking it seriously like um working on that i like got a solo show had like a book and like had a collaboration with a company called the quiet life like super great opportunity came out of that and it was just really me um realizing um all the change happening around me uh growing up in Los Angeles, like I grew up in La Crescenta, which is like northeast LA, Glendale, um, up in the mountains. And then my grandmother's house is down in Outwater, which is like a little bit closer to downtown LA. Um, like, so like Silver Lake, Echo Park, downtown Los Angeles, Highland Park. Um, and just like going back and forth and like going skating with my brothers when I was younger. And then college comes around like I'm driving I'm seeing like oh like people are hanging out in my grandma's neighborhood when like in elementary school my friends won't want to go down there you know so just yeah. kind of paying attention to that and then focusing that memory into like a photo narrative so that's yeah. kind of that's kind of how that happened and why I made it more or less uh I think that that really does come across really nicely with with a lot of these, especially with the black and white ones, because I think I mean, most most people, regardless of background, will likely associate black and white with this idea of representing a memory Mm -hmm. is as this kind of old or historic kind of feel to it. One of my favorites of the black and whites in here is the the one of the I don't know I, I think it's a church or something but it has the little banner that says sinners welcome yes yeah which that is was, that's such a cool photo I love like that image was one of my favorite images to ever like photograph uh that's like in Highland Park in LA and that neighborhood not like I just went back over winter and it was it's gentrified like it's fully just it is what it is you know um, yeah but during that time I was still kind of fighting that movement that was like three years ago now um yeah just like crazy like hey like cool you guys are sinners come hang out at the church with everyone that's lived here forever you know (laughs) yeah exactly 
Yeah, it's really interesting looking at like how these photos kind of ebb and flow with um, like photos of like kind of an older interior with the lamp and uh, some kind of box thing on a counter. And like, you know, that feels very much like this. This is a home. This is a house that's been here for a long time. And then going into this kind of beach scene with these old ladies under an umbrella, just kind of hanging out. It's just kind of like this interesting uh, kind of push pull going through a lot of these. Um, one, the one that I, I really enjoy is, of course, that uh, umbrella with the cooler underneath it. That one's that one's been a favorite for a while, too. But um, of course, the, the namesake photo, that one, that one's just a winner. That's just such a great photo. Which one's that? The um the one with the the El Camino with the oh, I used to be yeah, pretty yeah, pretty sorry, yeah. Sorry, gotcha, gotcha. yeah also for was... the people that are on audio because there's no video this time around <laughs> um that's uh the first photo on his website which we'll get to eventually um but yeah uh so for like a lot of your recent work um going into your work in progress and kind of your Instagram and how you've been sharing a lot of work there I know you've been doing um. Oh man, what's it called? It's that collaborative site where it's like the kind of call and answer kind of thing. Oh uh, yeah, I knew that thing. Yeah. Uh, who are you working with on that one? Um, I'm working with my buddy uh, Nicholas John. Uh, I met him. Shoot, my second or third semester at SAC in a in a sequencing class actually. Nice. Um, he lives down here in Pilsen, uh, a few blocks away from me. Um, super great dude. He does design, photo. Um, all that good stuff. Yeah, because I know um, a handful of these photos, uh, a few of those photos on your like work in progress part of your website um, were included in that um, ongoing project. Um, I especially love that one of the the interstate sign. That one is actually one that I've been thinking about a lot because I think that's a really good representation of like color palette. Mm-hmm. Um, it, and also, I think with uh, how you shot that, uh, is that one you just kind of like pulled off on the side of the road and just like got out and just did the thing i so that was like right that was like covid hit heavy starting um i yeah. rented a car and drove back home to la so i was passing through utah and i'd been like looking at these signs from from illinois all the way to utah and i was like i need to pull yeah. over and like find the right one um and that one was the right one and just pulled over hit some flash fill with it and then that's that yeah i i couldn't tell if that actually had flash on it and i think that because i can't tell it has flashes it is a really cool cool aspect to it um but i think that the way you kind of shot that with that in mind like you've been seeing these constantly and trying to find the right subject is a, a really good working process i think a lot of people can take some notes from is uh I guess like taking photo sketches for one like you shoot one photo and you look back like oh it's not a very good photo but that idea is there or if you don't even shoot the photo and you want to shoot this photo finding the right way to do it yeah I think is really important for younger folk to understand I mean it's like if you think about like painting you know or like even take that step back like Polaroids were sketches for how to get light correct in an image for like magazines. So it's, you gotta, you gotta think about it. Yeah. It's a, it's something that I've been trying to get myself to do more of. Um, I've been doing this self critique thing through Lightroom, typing in the caption, just like a paragraph or less about the photo, like why it's good, why it's bad. Oh dude, that's and then like super good. Sometimes I'll make a note saying, uh, this is more of a photo sketch than anything. So I'll rate it a certain star rating and then I'll have that set aside in that group, excuse me, in that grouping. 
So now I can go through those like photo sketches and like write down in my notebook, like photo of a red pickup truck in a neighborhood, but like clean up the composition and have better light and stuff like that. And, you know, approach it differently. Um, that's a, that's a big lesson that, uh, my old professors really drilled into me (laughs) and my colleagues was, uh, reshoot. Yeah, it's it's work. It's not straight off the bat. Like going back to I used to be pretty. Like um, the El Camino. Like I made that image at least like five times. Yeah. Uh, just something was wrong every time. <laughs> yeah. When I did my series Moth, that's it was a lot of reshooting, but there were some that were just first try, just yeah. bang on, and that rarely happens. Yeah. The like the first photo in in that series, uh, <laughs> I had an hour to shoot that photo, and I, I mean I didn't realize I had an hour to yeah. shoot that photo. <laughs> I didn't know I was gonna make that photo, uh, but I I was like I need to make something because f- I'm working on this project. And I drove up to this lake uh, north of town. I have a meeting an hour after I left, so like I set up my tripod. I put my old Canon camera on the tripod, and like okay. I need to figure this out. I'm going to put my phone in some plastic bags and then let it float in the water with the flashlight on. Mm -hmm. So it's lighting up my hand. um, And then I just kind of swing my scarf over my head. And then I go to the dock and I reach down toward the light, have it light light me up. And I had to do like six tries. (laughs) And I just running back and forth to my tripod. And I finally nailed one of them. And I'm like, this this is just like a condensed version of the shooting process because yeah. I only have 20 minutes until I need to leave. Exactly. I, I think that uh, I didn't realize how much uh, black and white you had shot prior to this because uh, a lot of your work is really color oriented, very color palette oriented. Uh, did that kind of start to come out a little bit more as you started to go into SAIC or is that something that just kind of naturally started to come out? Um, that kind of naturally started. I mean, in community college, I had like a full color, or sorry, excuse me. I had a full black and white dark room. Um, and my professor really like instilled in us like zone system, zone system, zone system, like from the paper you have, the film, like how to push, pull, like all that. Um, so once I figured out black and white, I was like, okay, like I want to do something else. Yeah, uh, exactly. So that's when I started shooting a lot of color. Um, yeah, like I have a few zines that are just all black and white. Um, and that was from that time of me just figuring out how to make black and white work for me and like have it interesting without the color there. Cause I mean, there's, you got the form, you got the line, all that stuff. You got to have something else to it. And that's, color comes in so yeah and i think with um with color with color work especially your more recent color work uh it seems like i feel like a lot of artists start to go just to some extent more abstract as time goes and just kind of like things start to like simplify more and more and more so i think that's kind of interesting to see that with like how your color work has been interacting and how you've had it against your uh black and white here and there Mm -hmm. um it kind of starts to beg a question of like how, uh, how you approach your scenes and choosing your composition and all that, especially with reshooting, whether it's right then and there or, you know, weeks later, months later, uh, how do you kind of approach that? And do you kind of know if it's going to be a color photo ahead of time if you're shooting digital, um, or film for that matter? Um, if it's digital, I'm not, I, I'm not changing it to black and white. Yeah. I feel that's like, 
for me personally like no hate on anyone uh that's cheating <laughs> like you need to know how to how to shoot black and white or at least i need to like feel that so when i go into us like any situation like i'll have my cameras with me i'll have my black and white film with me like all that um and i'll just like know like all right cool this is it or vice versa if it's color black and white i love even like the more monochrome kind of feeling images that are still color Mm -hmm. i think uh there's this one of like the air tubes kind of like snaking in with each other that one i think that's a more recent one yeah that one uh 43 weeks ago that's recent that's recent by art standards that's very recent i think i I posted that but i took that like a long time ago yeah that's like when yeah i took that a while ago (laughs) yeah that's how it always is i only share old work at this point basically Uh, but old work by uh, young people's standards, uh, which is new work by uh, everyone else's Anyone, standards. Yeah, yeah, like a month ago, it's it's old news. <laughs> yeah, and I think that um, you know you're much more present on uh, Instagram than you are on really any other social media. Um, how are your thoughts on like how the photography community, like the art photography community, is on Instagram? Uh, it's weird. It's strange. Um, I feel like there is not so much openness to it. Um, but then you'll have like little pockets of support here and there. Um, I remember like when we first like linked up and we're like chatting a bit, you put me immediately into like a Twitter group and like, I just like, I can't use Twitter to save my life. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, like you guys have discussions all the time and it's like super great, super good feedback. But, um, Instagram it's, I haven't found that pocket where it's like that type of level of discussion or that type of like sharing and support it's more like you meet friends and then like it goes from like just your homies so i see a lot of weirdness with instagram and it's kind of like there are some people who love it and there are some people who hate it but most people hate the same things yeah so it's like i mean the unanimous desire is for having the option of a chronological feed, for example, like that's the one thing I think most people are like, just give us that. That's all we want. Yeah. Uh, You're messing up with my ratios right now. (laughs) Think seeing how my engagement has been improving, like a a post I made today, which was that a snowy tree with the do not, or the do not enter sign. I need to say real quick, that image is incredible. I was at work and stop like i went in the back room i was like i have to like pay attention to this really quick <laughs> thanks that's, that's that's really awesome i i've been eyeing that tree for months like i drive past that every day on my way to work and i was like i i need the right conditions i had fog and ice on the branch like this Amazing. is it i think like um as i kind of bounce between twitter and instagram relatively equally but like i talk to most of my friends in photography on twitter and i've kind of told it to them like I see Twitter as my place to see my friends work for the most part. Uh, and like, cause obviously my friends are going to inspire me. Yeah. Um, but I don't use Twitter as my portfolio, as my like journal and photography. It's, it's Twitter to me. I'm just going to be sharing some stupid shit and I'm going to be sharing some photos. And I see Instagram as like a journal of my photographic practices, but it's still not a portfolio. And I think people are trying to make one or the other into this portfolio yeah. and are just dissatisfied with both. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a hard game to play because, I mean, at the end of the day, it's like you're, you're an artist. You want that engagement. You want people to, I mean, 
these images aren't me just like on my phone like oh like that's it like everyone yeah. like this like no like I worked on this you know like this has more meaning than is let on um but yeah it's just it's a weird it's a weird situation and it's like no one really goes to your website straight there you know you gotta like exactly re- you gotta put it out there so yeah there are some artists that I follow that I really enjoy their work of, but some of them just don't even have like a portfolio site. Yeah. Like they just rely solely on social media to show their work. And it's like, that's good. But I want to see it in like, I want to see how you block your stuff together. Exactly. Cause there's, yeah, you need to have some more conversation with it. Especially how you've been presenting your work and how you've done all these books and everything. I think, you know, I personally like the idea of having bound books as like part of your portfolio is really, really strong. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I know SAIC has a really big emphasis on that, uh, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, how, uh, how have you been recently kind of going about that? Cause I know heads was just, uh, was just put together and looks like, I believe it is still available. Yes. It I, is. Need to, I need to get on that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yes, yeah, so bookbinding, I mean, I used to be pretty, that was before I really had access or, like, knowledge on how to print things, so, like, the first edition of that was just, like, a Lulu situation where it had it sent yeah. off, printed, but I made a second edition that I handbound myself, made it, like, a hard, hardcover uh, with an inlaid photo, um, knee sweat, same deal, like, printed that all myself, hand done, um, heads, screen printed the cover and then Rizzo printed every single image and my instructor like slash mentor Kate Conlon she was like you are not gonna want to bind like 114 books by hand like just like send it off like you're it's not worth the time um so I sent those off but aside from that everything's been just like me myself and I and, and the studio doing my thing so like I've, I've been trying to put together um, uh, the project I shot exactly a year ago. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the Dune Edge Face West one. It's like the yeah. the winter Michigan stuff. So good. Um, that's such, that was such a fun weekend. And like that whole project I didn't realize was a book at the time. Yeah. For, uh, for these projects that you've done um, bound pieces for, there were those ones that you kind of while you were working on it kind of realized oh this could make a good book zine kind of thing or what did that was that kind of like an afterthought i mean knee sweat like was a joke like that was fully just like me messing around like with iphone stuff um and how to just take photography seriously but have it more fun more playful yeah um and that was like well i don't want all these images just on my phone they need to be out in the world and like the way that that came about was just me printing and throwing images on the ground and then like they need to be viewed on the floor you're looking above them like because you're looking yeah. at your phone like you're looking at the ground so yep um that just kind of made sense interesting but yeah heads i like that heads i think i think the like physical aspect of anything is important in art um and I think there's a different relationship that you're getting from the book aspect to like on the wall to on a screen. Um, and I think heads functions like in my head, it was functioning as a gallery exhibit, um, with the book as a compliment to a different, yeah. um, aspect, I guess. So yeah. I totally like butchered that answer, but, no, you're good. um, 
Yeah, I think it's just a, a compliment supplement situation. So if you can't have the exhibit, here's the book, you can still understand, you can have it and have that experience yourself. I love those um like exhibition pieces or uh, projects, whatever you want to call them, that um, have that as a compliment. Um, I've got a project like that, that uh, it's 15 photos moth and it's like, I'm going to make a bound version of it, but I also need to reprint the exhibition pieces. I destroyed them. It was my own damn fault. <laughs> to learn how to mount your photos correctly, people, uh, then you won't have any problems. Big thing. They don't teach you that in art school either. You got to figure that out yourself. <laughs> I learned how to mat my photos, yeah. but I had to teach myself how to mount on a foam course. So that was my own project. But see, now now mats are out of date. Who, used, who was the last oh, time you saw a mat? <laughs> right, exactly. Um, one thing that I actually, I remember when I was looking at your website a while ago, um, I forgot that uh, Knee Sweat was this kind of like it's like a portfolio box that um is kind of made to be just put in a, in a relatively simple sequence when like almost like a human like shape uh for like the layout that you have <laughs> displayed it's yeah. kind of fun yeah that that book was fun that was a really good project so who i do who i'm doing like a new nothing with nick um that was just like we're bouncing off ideas and like I was sending him photos of it and just like similar to how heads came about, just like very low stakes, just fun making jokes with friends. Yeah. So yeah, that, uh, I think that's one thing that needs to be more present in the photography community is humor. Not even like necessarily in the photos, but just in the process too. Yeah. Art is serious. Like art isn't a joke, but like who's to say you can't have jokes while making it, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Like moth, I titled that when the moth meme was around. Great. Like, <laughs> uh, like I'm I'm making these photos and I had a few different examples like early earlier ones in it and uh, talking with Bella like, you know like I don't know what to title this series like I got this light and I got this guy just kind of like look like kind of going toward this light and then uh, the entire time we're just like moth, <laughs> and just like the moth meme and it's just lamp, lamp and I was like wait. That actually would be a really good name for this series. I, I just love that kind of thought process that especially like um, I think any artist really has that kind of sense of humor in the whole process. It's just a matter of accepting that. Exactly. Yeah. You got to not take yourself too seriously. Yeah. I think I had a couple other little straggler questions that I think would be kind of fun. Um, I think just kind of a general uh, umbrella question as we start closing things off is like, who are some of your like biggest inspirations whether it's a photographer or any other media i mean growing up skateboarding was a huge deal to me um so like jerry sue who's now like renowned photographer works for the new york times all the time uh he was like my intro into photo being like an out like when he was done being a professional skater like oh like yeah he's an artist he kills it and like i was going to his shows at Sol uh I was going to his shows at a slow culture in LA um, when that gallery was, was around. Um, so super big influence there. And then, um, yeah, I was really into John Baldessari and like Ed Ruscha just being like little yeah. LA kid, like seeing, oh, of course. seeing the way things were conceptualized and just like poked fun at. Um, and then, yeah, like music's a big deal to me. Like grew up with my dad just playing guitar all the nice. time in the house and always having like a record on like while the family was eating dinner or whatnot um yeah like 
currently like might be funny but like young lean oh yeah dude he like growing like him as an as a musical artist growing into what he is now like having like a indie band that's like just him and like his new stuff being kind of that like avant-garde weird like not really rap but like still rap like it's it's good i i like it and i like the direction he's going for so like those are those are definitely like some influences yeah that's awesome I love uh, on the music side of things like there's there's a particular album that uh, like started off the year really strong in the punk side of things. Um, oh, man. What are they called? Oh, boy. Oh, oh boy. boy. <laughs> um, the Dirty Nil. There we go. OK. Um, they've been around for a little while. They're not massive, but they're not tiny. Um, but they dropped an album called uh, Fuck Art. And <laughs> it's it's and it's a picture of a golden retriever just looking all happy. Like I can't not listen to this album. Like this is so good. It's a fantastic, very fun punk album because I think kind of kind of similar to photography. Like punk has become very serious and depressing and like just gloomy and like. And then there's these punk uh, punk bands that just come out like, fuck this. I'm gonna make some dumbass music about regular life. Like this is what it. And then like complaining about the system and such. Do you like the garden? Um, I don't know them. Dude, uh, listen to listen to their album Mirror Might Steal Your Charm. Um, it has like a little clown on it. Dude, call the dogs out. Phenomenal, like poking fun, like just all around great, great song. And like good album. Good dudes. They're from uh, yeah. Orange County uh, down in California. Um, nice. Would recommend. Yeah, I think that uh, certain, certain uh media has become so serious in recent years like i was i was taking a gander through my uh uh mary uh mary warner marion uh cultural history and photography textbook uh because i was trying to answer a question about um like what type of photography was dominant in the time period that red dead redemption 2 takes place in okay uh, because that's all i've been playing lately <laughs> and uh you know we figure out like dominantly glass plates and then some negative stuff right but through that whole thing, I'm kind of gl- glancing through the pages of like the earliest photography in the early 1900s and such and before and just thinking about how much fun they were having with it all and like pictorialism and all that. Yeah. Like, Why is it not like that anymore? But it, it is. But I think I maybe myself has just kind of like blinded myself to seeing that. But I don't know. You get a little you get a little jaded after after art school. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it can it can definitely do a number on you. It's definitely something that I would love to see more of is photographers having having fun with it while still being serious at the yeah. same time. Finding that happy medium between serious and goofy. Yeah. I mean, but, that's dude, that's why Chris Maggio is like amazing. Or like even yeah. like Alex Soth is serious, but yeah. in his most recent body of work like he's like, "Yo, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing." Yeah. Like And what's so funny is. in his interviews too, he's just such a dad. Straight like, up he's like his humor and all that it's just so just punny just dumb dad humor <laughs> i love it but uh and like even like stephen shore and all like you know in your older age especially you don't give a shit anymore yeah, you're done <laughs> and like you'll just call people out but also you'll be funny about it at the same time yeah i don't know if you uh watched or listened to uh the gregory crudson and stephen shore interview um it was gregory crudson interviewing stephen shore for class for yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. that was yeah the, that was a yale one right yeah 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 that one was really really awesome 
Uh, and then I love at the very end, it bounces over to like the full Zoom call, and there's just like 90 people in the <laughs> Zoom call, all Yale students. And I'm like, holy shit. So funny. Oh, man. And then, like, so there were, um, that was, I think that was another uh, interesting thing to observe. Uh, seeing how Crudson's students, whether they're like directly his students or just students in his program, mm-hmm. uh, would ask questions and all that. And there were some that I could tell were a little bit hesitant, a little bit nervous because it's fucking Stephen Shore. It's two um, idols, dude. Like, <laughs> yeah. And then there's this one guy that's just like all dude bro with him, like, yo man what's up uh what are your thoughts on uh this thing and that thing about photography and it's like it was just like dude that is like you think about who you're talking to right now (laughs) and he just like he just uh he greets gregor like yo what's up greg what's going on hey steven (laughs) it's just like what is happening oh my goodness but you know to a certain extent like he wasn't like offended at all but i um, yeah, I think that to kind of close things off, to kind of go into the more logistic side of things, uh, where can people uh, take a gander at your work? Uh, you can hop over to Instagram. It's at uh, Tristan underscore Martinez with two Zs. Um, two Zs. Or pop over to my website, uh, TristanMartinezPhoto.com. Uh, I'm trying to... With only one Z. With only, yeah. I'd see, you know, the one Z was taken on Instagram. I blew it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but... Yeah, I'm trying to update my site a little bit more and showcase some things on there a little more frequently. Um, But yeah, either of those, like, don't hesitate to DM me. Like, if you have any questions, like, I'm always open to answering and, like, starting a conversation. Like, art shouldn't be so coveted. Everything needs to be talked about. Always needs to be inclusive. Yeah, totally. Well, uh, so we already kind of talked about some stuff you've got that you've been working on and all that. But uh, definitely keep an eye on the social media for things to come in the future but yeah i think that one thing that i uh i mentioned this in the last episode the update episode um that one thing i want to do with uh this podcast moving forward is start to kind of bridge uh sad bird books and ready for mistakes together so that there can be a little bit more conversation between the two different platforms i put work out in um, and I think that Tristan, if you'd be willing to make a fun little, uh, subjectively objective style zine of just like a little highlight reel of your work or something, I think that'd be kind of fun and have that as a, uh, as a counterpart to the podcast episode. I think doing that moving forward would be kind of fun for, for everybody. Yeah, that'd be sick. If that, uh, if that ends up working out as, uh, as time goes, you guys will see that probably around the time this episode airs. Uh, the next guest is going to be uh, Brendan Burton, who is a fantastic uh, kind of Americana photographer who's been doing a lot of road trip, road trip kind of stuff. But yeah, um, thank you so much, Tristan, for uh, hopping on the show. It's good to get this rolling in 2021 with a fantastic photographer and good friends. So yeah, moving forward, looking forward to see how things go. You have anything you want to share with the crowd as we close things off? Um, just shout out to you, Jeff. Thanks for having me on. That was this was fun, like fully fun, and like yeah, love to do it again. Love to figure out that zine. Hell yeah. Um, twenty twenty one. Goodbye, Chicago. Hello, New York. Let's go. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, but yeah. That's hopefully next it. time I'm in Chicago, we can go shooting with the COVID situation. Yeah, dude, keep kept in mind, of course. Fully hit me up. Um. Anyway, everyone, thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you in the next one.